Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Asylum Street Spankers, we welcome you. For those of you who are enjoying this through the magic of digital technology, we encourage you to buy more vinyl. And now, without further ado, the Asylum Street Spankers. Hi, this is Christina Mars with the Asylum Street Spankers, and you're listening to 91.1 WTJU Charlottesville. Monkey Chasey on the monkey on the tree, she said stop your playing, can't fool me, well you know all about them birds and bees, I'm gonna tell you what you're missing, it's a whole lot of loving, whole lot of kissing. In the tree sat a big baboon I said, come on up, cause I love you Scootly doop 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 raccoon said I think you're lying and I know it's true Cause your eyes may be brown but your ass is blue It would be so nice If you just realized You gotta give me just a little bit of what you got Sky, yeah, 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 bow Scooby, over, 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 zap, zap Zip, zap, zoo, zap, zap, zap Stephen with WTJU, and that was Monkey Rag from the Asylum Street Spankers off of off of their favorite record. Actually, it's really off of my favorite record, but and it could be my favorite record, but that's actually the title of the record, my favorite record. And with us today, we have all the way in California right now through the magic of digital electronic messaging servicing type of thing. We have Christina Mars with us from the Asylum Street Spankers. Welcome, Christina. Hi there. Thanks for having me. And that was uh, that duet that you do, Monkey Rag, to open the uh, My Favorite Record CD. It's just awesome, and it really showcases you two, Whammo and yourself, who are the original founding members, the charter members, the persevering spankers of all of them at this point. That's right. The uh, most stubborn people of all. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what what goes on there? I mean, uh, all these people, well, there must be some 40 of them that have come through the Spankers now? Um, that's, yeah, that's about where our estimate is. Yeah, and is there a reason for them leaving? Do they just get tired of the spankings, or do they get tired of the... 
are you driving them away with a cacophony on the road, or is it just changes that go on, or what's going on with that? Well, it's, you know, it's certainly a combination of things. I think some people have probably been driven away by the sheer madness of the other members of the group. I, I think some people aren't cut out for the road, you know. It's a grueling lifestyle, you know. Other people, you know, just have other things going on in their lives, you know, any myriad of things, wives, babies, other career aspirations, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a multitude of things, and when you have a, a big band like this and you're touring all the time, the more people in your band, the more likely you are to see turnover, I guess. The present lineup has been together for a while now. I think Sick is the newest member, perhaps, is that right? Uh, Charlie Rose is our newest member, Charlie Rose. and he's been with the band a little bit over a year now, probably also going to be the next person to leave the band. It's usually after about a year of a solid lineup, then we can pretty much count on I'm not really sure if it's like the year mark or if it's uh, right after we take a new band photo. That always seems to be <laughs> well, well, you guys have had names in your band. It's just amazing. Pops, Bayless, Mysterious John, Whammo, Sick, Nevada, Django, Salty. Uh, you have a, a male chorus called the Whamoners, and amongst other things. That's not a criteria for getting in the band, I, I, I assume. No, you, you don't have to have a single name moniker to, to be in the band. And your last name, Mars, means, you know, who knows. <laughs> well, that's my last name, and Nevada's name is actually Nevada. Yeah. Um, a few of those were, you know, are actual real names, but, you know, we're fond of attributing nicknames to people. Well, one of the things that we should talk about, because not everybody has heard your story, and I'm sure you've told it several times, but you guys, I guess the story goes that you guys met at a church group or something? No? <laughs> I think you probably um, heard one of the many, <laughs> many false uh, you know, origins of the band stories, because um, <laughs> particularly Whammo doesn't always like to give a straight story so ah. if you if you're interviewing him and you ask him the same question he he probably won't give you a straight answer i think we've we've met in a car crash like we were in a uh, a five car car pile up and while we were waiting for the tow trucks we all pulled our instruments out of our trunks to make sure they were okay and started jamming on the side of the road that was the one one story of her, so uh, <laughs> it's actually not nearly as uh, interesting as that. Uh, well, it's kind I of a legend with... type of story now that you met uh, supposedly at, at some uh, at a club, and there was a lot of altered uh, states of consciousness through the music or through. Well, we were at this party. Um, we were at this party on at the Dabs Hotel, which is on the Llano River in Texas, and of course. If we actually pronounced it right, it would be it would be called Yano, but we say Lano. <laughs> it was this uh, crazy party called Lano Banano, and it's basically just uh, coming together of various weird acts. And uh, I took my friend Guy Forsythe to this party because I just thought it would be fun, and um, that's where we met Whammo. Him and Whammo started up a friendship, and came up with the idea, the, the basic idea for this band, which was an all-acoustic jug band, blues, country kind of thing. Well, a few months after that party, Guy called me and said, I'm starting this new band and I want you to be in it. And so I was reintroduced to Whammo, and, and everybody else in the band was uh, pretty much a stranger to me at that point, besides Guy and him. It's
another interesting thing you guys do is is you play unmiked. You play as you would in somebody's living room. Well, I, I have to amend that statement. We we did for ten years. Ah. Um, we played completely acoustically, no PA, no microphones, no nothing. Completely sans electricity. In the past uh, year and a half, almost I guess, we've started using some mocking and. And uh, most of our shows have some amplification now, but we are still a very quiet band. We kind of just, we came up with this miking technique that makes us a little bit more there, but not, we're certainly not loud and still require people to uh, be respectful of the show. We, we, we ask our audiences not to talk and not to, you know, have their cell phones on during the show and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, your, your statement is basically true. For 10 years, we did perform that way, but it's changed a little bit now. So you're using, uh, then, uh, some Omni mics, perhaps, that uh, are these tube mics. Is it similar to what I read about on Mercurial, where you uh, actually recorded it live? When we recorded Mercurial, we did use some, some old tube mics and, and some pretty seriously old equipment in general to record. I mean, recorded live to two tracks. And it was, you know, no overdubs, no... No going in, putting the guitar solo in later, fixing anything in the mix. It was pretty much mixing as you go along and then just playing live. As far as our stage miking, we do use some like condenser type mics and we use these wonderful headset vocal mics that are pretty much invisible. So it allows the band to um, put on the same kind of show that we're accustomed to, which is a lot of moving around, a lot of switching places on stage, a lot of standing up, sitting down, dancing, uh, looking over your shoulder at, at the person behind you and that kind of thing, which is not really doable when you're tied down to a station and you have to sing directly into a 58 mine. amazing what you can hear when you actively listen, I think. And I think that's the difference between uh, what the Spankers do and what a lot of bands do is, you know, you go into a club and a uh, band's playing and it's it's impossible not to hear them. <laughs> you know, you're having to, to scream your, your drink order at the bartender and it, it, you're hearing that band no matter what. You're hearing oh, them, but, but a lot of times you're hearing actually no differentiation of any instrument or any voice. It becomes right, when just it sounds soup. Like mud. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like a big ball of goo. But it, I guess the difference with the Spankers is that it's the difference between hearing the band and listening to the band. <laughs> and it does involve some active participation on the audience part. To, you have to be quiet or you're going to miss stuff. Or if you're making noise, the person next to you is going to miss stuff and they're going to be unhappy with you. <laughs> What the Spankers does, I think, even now that we're mic we're using microphones, it's still such a quiet, intimate show that we kind of uh, break down that fourth wall. You know, it it really is an intimate thing, and and the audience is kind of like the the other band member. You know, in a sense, mm -hmm. it, it brings everybody in, and we're uh, we're all focused on what's going on. So that creates an energy that's. Uh, really really unique for a typical club venue seeing music i think it's, it's something that's really different that people don't experience a lot this with Monkey Rag because it was a duet between you and Whammo and in fact it also showcased uh, your your one of your uh, stylistic voices kind of like a Helen Kane type of voice the, the kind of sex pot caricature of Betty Boop that you use in that but you also have a belting blues and, and just all kinds of variations with your voice why don't we pick a tune why don't you pick a tune for us that can showcase that other aspect of what you like to do and then we'll be back and talk some more um, 
How about, uh, do you have my favorite record there? I guess you do. Yeah, uh, how about Breathing, huh? No? Um, that's not really a belting blues voice. That's pretty much a soft kitty purr. Yeah. If you want something belting, I would say Insane Asylum is a great track for that. All right, well, let's hear Insane Asylum from the Asylum Street Spankers, showcasing the voice of Christina Mars. with Christina Mars. We're, we're kind of doing this in a two-piece interview type of situation. We're going to first hear from the female side of the founding founding the member of the Asylum Street Spankers, and then we're going to hear from Whammo here in just a little bit. So we're speaking with Christina Mars, and we're talking about how the Asylum Street Spankers do their shows. And, you know, I thought it real interesting, Christina, that you guys have this really cool kind of program that lets everybody know who you are and what to expect as you delve into an area that certainly your your music is an amalgam of, of perhaps swing, jazz, country, lounge. There's hip hop that's come on. 
the satire that's involved. It's truly a unique music that's happening, and and the program is really sweet. Yeah, well, we provided that um, mostly for you know the uninitiated because it is so bizarre to walk into a venue and to see a band you've never seen, and all of a sudden this band is telling you that you have to be quiet and you're in a bar. <laughs> what nonsense, you know. <laughs> program kind of explains why we do things the way we do. It helps with the crowd control, which is always, it's not always an issue, but it is always a concern, you know, especially when we're playing a new market or a new venue. No, cause I've been something of a fool at this So as far as these things go It's as easy as A, B, C It's like learning how to count You know that loving you is just like Breathing in and breathing out Through your influences as you grew up You had certain musical influences And and what led you to something that is so uncommon as the Spankers? Oh... Well, I guess, you know, the the Spankers is my first band, so it's not like I was out there exploring for years before I found just the right thing. I just happened to fall into the perfect thing for me, and maybe that's why I've put so many years into it. With the combination of great musicality, getting to sing all of these different styles of music, If I had to be in a band that did nothing but the same kind of thing, be that jazz or blues or or whatever, I would probably get pretty bored. The Spankers, I get to sing all kinds of different stuff, and there's really no limitations. um, We just put a new song in our set that's going to be on our our next record, which is going to be a children's record. Ah. And for some reason, I wrote this rock song. And it's like, you know, it's a total pop rock song. It's... I don't know where it came from, but with the Spankers, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we're a string band or that we play acoustic. It's just something about the way you touch me when we're all alone. It's just something in your smile that thrills me straight through to my bones. And it's just something in the way you make me scream, you make me shout. You know that... Loving you is just like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing, breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out, like breathing in and breathing out. We can do a rock song, no big deal. We can do blues or jazz or ragtime or swing or country or gospel or anything. And so that is really wonderful for a singer like me. I I really like to explore different voices and sing in different ways. And um, I like to approach songs um, from kind of a standpoint of the character that might be singing that song and that kind of thing. So it's kind of like vocal acting, I guess, (laughs) for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, a little vaudeville type of cabaret. Yeah, exactly. It, it's I very think. vaudevillian. And then that uh, that aspect of the band, too, really appeals to me. Um, you know, I grew up on watching musicals and watching the Carol Burnett show and watching these sketch variety and, and hee-haw and that kind of thing. And So having that combination of, of, of humor and uh, antics going on, that kind of whole theatrical, vaudevillian aspect of the Spankers really appeals to me personally. So this is the, the perfect band for me, and it's just, it's just my, my dumb luck that, you know, I got to be a part of it. Sometimes the first ride of the carnival is one you want to ride the whole time. Right, right. <laughs> this doesn't get better than this. So. One, two, one, two, one, two, three. <laughs> Like that. That. In the morning it's time 
I see you guys have, uh, and I was curious to know whose idea it was too. I see you guys have embraced MySpace.com, and I see a lot of. Uh, a lot of folks using that as a new way of communication and staying in touch with people. And I see your band has a MySpace.com site. Right, right, we do. Um, somebody sent me an invite asking us to join, so I did. And it's been pretty cool. Um, the cool thing about MySpace is, is I, now I'm, here I am endorsing a Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> is that who does it, Rupert Murdoch? Yeah, Rupert Murdoch just bought out MySpace. <laughs> but anyway, it's... One, one cool feature about it that I really dig is that you can search members' profiles based on the music that they like. So I can basically go in and do a search for Asylum Streets Bankers, and I can find every person on MySpace who has us listed as one of their, you know, favorite bands. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a neat thing. Uh, you know, it is, it is cool. I have met people. I've, you know, I've done some networking. On my face. So. Well, that's interesting. It's one of those new things that are kind of taking a lot of uh, a generation and, and and people by storm in a certain sense. Got popular really quick. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah. Well, I came to the river and I had to get across. So I grabbed an alligator because I thought it was a horse. No, no, we over. Came Coca Cola with the lemon lime. Sweet chocolate ice cream. Take some water, baby, then keep me clean. I see that you are going to be appearing at the Lime Kiln here in Lexington. That's about an hour and 15 minutes away from Charlottesville, so I'm sure there's going to be a big contingent of folks from Charlottesville running over there, especially after the reports of your uh, your run at Floyd Fest down there in uh, southwest Virginia, uh-huh. which people are still talking about, the Spankers. Very fun time. Christine, it's been a great time talking with you. We really appreciate you taking the time. We're looking real forward to seeing you guys on September 11th. That's a Sunday night in Lexington, Virginia at the Lime Kiln. Let's hope for great weather so that we can enjoy you outside under the stars. I wanted to ask you this last question, and I'd like to play this tune because it was one of my favorite tunes off of the earliest effort that Danny Barnes and uh, Mr. Rubin actually produced for you guys when you first started. Spanks for the Memories was the first CD back in 1996. Uh-huh. And on it's a song I really like to let people hear, and that is Lee Harvey. In fact, I've heard Laura Cantrell do that tune as well. It's that a- is a Homer Henderson tune. Homer Henderson is a singer-songwriter, one-man band out of Dallas, Texas. And... Um, I don't think he gets out and performs too much, but um, that's one of his tunes. And uh, Whammo started doing that tune right off the bat with the Spankers. Um, and now we still, we haven't performed that song in years and years, and we still have people shout out for it during the show. <laughs> Lee Harvey! <laughs> we, uh, we don't do that song anymore. Whammo won't do it, so don't bother asking. But All right. I'll let, I we don't... did a, we did last year we did our 10 year anniversary reunion show and we got together about 21 spankers past and present and we um, filmed it for a DVD that should hopefully be released sometime later this year and Whamma performed Lee Harvey for the absolute last time but it's going to be on the DVD so everybody can sit around and watch it very cool now this is a new DVD not the one that's already released which is uh... yeah it's different from Sideshow Fez which was our first DVD this this one is uh, 
the commemoration, the documentation of our 10th anniversary reunion show. All right, we'll be looking forward to that. It's going to be really cool. All right. <laughs> Christina, can't wait to meet you and see you in Lexington, Virginia on September 11th. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Well, of course. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. All right, back into the left. This is Lee Harvey from the Asylum Street Spankers, Spanks for the Memories. Now, whenever I drive anywhere near Dealey Plaza, I make sure I have the protective bubble up on my convertible limo. You just can't be too careful. Now, look at the chart. You got your puff of smoke on the right and your grassy knoll on the left. You know, I've had quite a few people tell me that I look a lot like John Kennedy. Lee Harvey was a friend Oh, mine. I was born in Dallas in 1952. Lee Harvey moved across the street on Beckley Avenue. He used to throw the ball to
That was Lee Harvey off of the Asylum Street Spankers Spanks for the Memory CD. It's a tune you can hear here on WTJU from time to time, but word has it that Whammo is done performing this song forever and ever. Is that true, Whammo? It is true. <laughs> I, I, I retired that song a while back just because I, I didn't write it. My friend Homer Henderson wrote it. He's, he's a really great uh, one-man band. But... Uh, I got burned out on it, so that, that was enough of that. Well, I hear that it is going to be on that new CD that's going to come out, or excuse me, the new DVD that's going to come out of the uh, the Spankers reunion show. Yeah, it has my final performance of that song on it. So don't request it out there. If you're listening out there, you go see the Solemn Street Spankers, save your energy and time, and don't request it. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of other songs to do. It was a great tune, and it was particularly appropriate uh, a couple years ago on the anniversary or the 40th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I, I, I performed it in a club really, really close to Dealey Plaza, too, and that was fun. Well, you guys are in the middle of a, about a month on the road again, a little kind of mini tour, as you guys are wont to do and travel all over and give people the... The, the appropriate spankings out there in California. You'll be coming here. You'll be in Virginia on September 11th on the last show of your present uh, mini tour. Oh, really? We're going to perform on 9-11, huh? It is. Wow. So, so you got to think about that, eh? That's, that's why I, I retired the song Sad Bomber was after 9-11. Ah. A lot of politically incorrect songs. Speaking of politically incorrect, you've done something recently that is very traditional, and I guess congratulations are in order. As uh, as Whammo is no longer on the market, girls, just forget about it. Yeah, because they were lining up every day. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that change your behavior now? Are you still going to be the same old Whammo, or does that mean now we can expect that, that you'll be representing a whole family, and therefore you, you, you don't want to embarrass the rest of your family? Or? No, I'm, I'm still going to behave like me. It just means just going to be a woman in the audience with a ring on her hand, rolling her eyes. <laughs> you didn't even have to cut your finger off, as, as you sang about in uh, Antifreeze, I think it was, wasn't That's it? true. <laughs> well, well Whammo, you have a pretty interesting story. You grew up as a uh, son of an opera singer that had a, a trumpet of Doc Severance and shoved down your throat, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you must. You must have. You, you either heard the uh, NPR interview, or been, you've been reading my bio. Well, I try to, you know, study up just a little bit to find out what's going on with you guys before I call you, so I don't, <laughs> so I don't sound too stupid. Anyway. Well, you're a smart man. I, I love it when interviewers have uh, their stuff together. <laughs> Tell those guys in the background we're trying to do a radio interview. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. I'm sitting in a cafe in San Francisco. Poor, poor me. So you were the son of an opera singer. It's on Johnny Carson's show countless a number of times. And uh, you didn't get uh, the opera bug. Well, you know, my father actually discouraged me from becoming a musician. He really didn't want me to have to face the kind of trials and tribulations that he went through. So uh, he wanted me to become a banker, something like that, some sort of businessman. And, of course, there's a joke in the Spankers. It's like, hey, Whammo, don't give me ten bucks. Like, oh, I'll show you. So, so naturally, of course, I became a musician. We're glad you did, because your type of music that has married influences from the early 1900s and all kinds of big band type of jazz and swing with country and punk and, and uh, I don't know, what else is there in there? Kind of an amalgam. Well, a, guy, a guy once told me there's only two kinds of music butt-bumping music and belly-rubbing music. Well, you guys actually have a little bit of both, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. So we cover all the bases. <laughs> the dichotomy of it all. We're gonna have a TV party tonight. Watch TV and have a couple of brews. 
everybody's gonna hang out here tonight. Alright! We'll bounce out on the couch. Alright! Tonight! We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. No one talks about anything else. We don't wanna know. On this new CD, you guys decided to go with a bunch of covers. On the newest CD, it's not a brand new CD anymore. It was about right material. It was a bunch of the songs that we had covered over the years at our shows. We like to do obscure cover songs and everything from you know, old blues songs to old punk rock songs and all points in between. So we had all these songs that we had learned. So we said, well, let's just get a friend of ours who does live recordings. He does live two-track, that's how we recorded it, and get an old church and just record all these songs. So there's only one original song on the whole record, and that's Hip Hop, which is basically a cover from my solo record, Faster Than the Speed of Suck. Yeah, I, I covered my own song. <laughs> and you pick covers that if people listen to this the first time and aren't familiar with that wide palette that you guys use, uh, they wouldn't know their covers. In fact, they may not have, they're, they're almost uncovered covers. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we try to make songs our own. That's the beauty of it. You know, you don't, you don't want to do, if you're going to do somebody else's tune, you don't want to do it like they did. And it's just boring. I, every time I hear something like that on the radio, like somebody makes, does an exact copy of a song, I get frustrated. We did it kind of with one song. We did it with the B-52 song, Dance to Mess Around. It was just so funny that we did it with all acoustic instruments. So, so the arrangement, we really didn't need to change it around because it sounded so different with melodica instead of organ and, and acoustic guitars. There's a Black Flag song on that record, and there's a... Uh, That's TV uh, Party? Yeah, TV Party, and there's a Beastie Boys cover, Paul Revere, which we do as a, as a rockabilly tune. And hip-hop. There's a bit of controversy about hip-hop going around the world right now, and you oh, are at the center of it. Because of Cowboy Troy? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, Nancy, I, I don't know whether he claimed that he invented hip-hop, because if he did, he's lying. The media has claimed that he's invented this new genre called hip-hop, and hip-hop's been around for quite a while, so I, I'm sure he'd back me up on that. And what is the real story? Well, uh, my version is that uh, Jeff Smith of the legendary Hickoid uh, came up with the idea for hip-hop about 1988. He told it to me at the Cannibal Club where I was a DJ. He said, I'm going to start a hip-hop band after the Hickoids broke up, and I said, that's great, that's brilliant, please do it. And uh, he never did it. So when it came time to uh, make Faster Than the Speed of Suck, I just basically took his idea and, and wrote it too and called it Hiccup. Well, let's hear that right now. This is Hiccup. Uh, hey, there's, there's bad words in it, just so you know. Oh, well. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, you guys keep surprising me like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the, one of my favorite songs that I'd heard and I played it uh, a while back well, it was a few years ago now, but it was Smells Like 30-something, and I forgot all about the one yeah. rant right in the middle of it. And it yeah, came and out and loud and, and clear. <laughs> it made me so mad that we never did a radio edit for that song. which That song got, was really popular. And uh, uh, Same with Hip Hop. Uh, you can actually get a radio edit of Hip Hop from our website. If you go to AsylumStreetsBankers.com, and uh, where it says Contact Us, just uh, email us, and uh, we'll send you a, uh, an edited version. Maybe we'll do that, and maybe we won't, but this is hip-hop anyway. You will be the person on the other side to hear what version it is, and I might have to do some simple editing myself. We'll see. There you go. This is hip-hop off the Asylum Street Spanker's newest CD, Mercurial, and this is a tune by Whammo. Your car parked over in my pasture, you bastard. Move that sucker for I tow it with my pick 'em up, stick 'em up. Nobody move unless they wanna eat lead. I'll drill you a new one, dead to rights. Baby, better off cruising through the honky tonk, hotter than the semen insurance, rather than my glove box 44 cold burning Smith and Wesson oil. In my dry hole, sold to the carpetbagger, swagger, and drunker than a junkyard monkey butters churning and turning like the motor in my vehicle trucking down the road. See ya. 
in the truck. There, sugar darling. Yeah, you know what I'm saying there. Ten four, little beaver. We're going back on out of here and get ourselves a barley pop. Oh, yeah. Oh, I said, hi, old silver. Whoa, I said, hi, old silver. Whoa, well, the next thing you know, old jet's a millionaire. Skinner, man. back with Whammo of the Asylum Street Spankers. The Asylum Street Spankers will be performing nearby. That's a visit from the Asylum Street Spankers on 9-11-2005. Whammo, who would you say was the, the biggest influence of your music? Gosh, well, I mean, I, I would say the Beatles, probably. I, really? I grew up, my, my, my kid sister, I mean, my older sister was a, uh, basically a, a, a teeny bopper in the, in the 60s. Uh, I, I, I I can't remember a time when I wasn't listening to the Beatles. In 1964, I was two years old. So, I mean, I grew up listening to them. I grew up listening to the Beatles and classical. And and, and the great thing was, as I got older, uh, and we, we lived in New York till I was nine, um, I listened to every, everything in the 60s that was on WABC, which was the, the, the AM pop station. So I, I grew up listening to the Doors and Janis Joplin and Cream and Jimi Hendrix and the Archies and the Beatles and the Stones and the Monkees. So uh, it was quite quite a, a diverse pop time as far as radio was concerned. And then I was also listening to classical and opera, you know, thanks to my father. So what's in your radio? What's in your CD players these days or your iPods or, or however you listen to your music? Uh, if you put on shuffle... On, on my iTunes, you're gonna get you're gonna get everything, man. You're gonna get everything from African rhythms to to uh, hip hop, hardcore gangster rap, hardcore punk rock, melodic punk rock, jazz, vocal jazz. I mean, you know, you'll get 
fucked butthole surfers, man. <laughs> well, that explains what we see then sometimes when we go to see the Asylum Street Spankers. You guys are absolutely brilliant. You can't be pigeonholed into any category. Yeah, we always won the Best None of the Above Band in the Austin Chronicle <laughs> Awards, which I, I love. It's exactly right. You can't pigeonhole this band. So it seems like there's not really an end to this. Well, I guess probably not. Not until one of us kicks. I mean, it really seems to be a vehicle that gives both you and Christina a way to merge into and, and uh, the artists around you to continue to do what you want to do and give you the artistic freedom. Christina talked about you're working with some microphones on stage now. Yeah, we, we for 10 years we worked without microphones, and our audiences started getting so big that uh, people were beginning to, to send in complaints that they couldn't hear. They, you know, but you get enough complaints to say, I love the band, but I paid $15, and I couldn't hear you, what you guys were doing, and it was a very frustrating experience for me. We said to ourselves, well, you know, we, ha- we have to boost the sound somehow because we're not going to let these people down. My daddy told me about single malt scotch and Caribbean cigars. And sure, I've tried Chateau Lafitte, Cristal, Beluga, Caviar. But if you walk into a joint and the clientele sneers As if you need a fresh coat of paint well, you can look around the room for me But I guarantee I ain't there Because I love martinis, I love cigars But I hate martini and cigar bars I'm hip on swing dancing, cool classic cars But I Whammo, you have a bit of a history of being a, uh, a DJ, a, a radio announcer yourself, and that's in your background. And how does that affect your shows? Because, you know, you're kind of like a, a vaudevillian type of cabaret. I mean, it's really performance art, you know? Well, I have a lot of theater background, and uh, yeah, I was a DJ on, on the radio and in clubs. Um, and I've done voiceover work. So... Uh, it's funny that I, I don't really I don't really like being the mouthpiece of the band. I don't like being the guy who does the the opening speech. I like other guys to do that. What I like to do is sit back and throw out one-liners off the top of my head and see if I can uh, make people laugh. That's my favorite thing to do while we're playing. How does that work when you, you guys have a quiet type of show and and the audience starts making do, too much noise? I mean, not because they want to be. Uh, not because they want to stop the flow of your music, but just because part of the uproariousness, the irreverency, you need a little bit of feedback back from the audience so that you know they like it, and then all of a sudden it gets too loud. Does that happen? Uh, no, that doesn't usually happen. Uh, uh, you know, people laughing and having a good time is part of the show. Um, it's uh, it's just when people like to start gabbing, not paying attention to us, and start talking really loud that's when the other audience members get mad and the band starts to get a little steamed and then we call them out and make fun of them and make them wish that they hadn't been so rude and i have many ways of doing that some of them polite some of them not so polite <laughs> well, i've heard stories of you chasing people down chasing them right out of the venue yeah i, I actually in san francisco had to had to cover a guy's mouth and drag him from from the club. I think he was under the influence. Well, well this CD, My Favorite Record, doesn't have any parental advisory on it here. Um, can we get away with Whammo's Blues? I think Whammo's Blues is the tune that that you have that that line in it about Kurt Cobain and Ernest Hemingway's gun or something. Yes, that's that's right. And yes, there there are no no curses whatsoever on that record. All right, here here's the line. Actually, I just found it. I'll suck the formaldehyde out of the jar holding Kurt Cobain's brain while using Hemingway's shotgun barrel as a straw. That's the line. You are talking to Whammo today on WTJU. All right, Whammo, it's been great having you with us, and we look forward to seeing you on 9-11-2005 down at the Lime Kiln in Lexington. Thanks a lot. Look forward to seeing you at the show. They call me Moses 
Cause I part the Red Sea They call me Moses, baby Cause I part the Red Sea And I'm part your pretty baby If you mess with me They call me Spider-Man A web swinging fall They call me Spider-Man, baby Swinging for You're the eye of the needle Threads off the spoil I'm Santa Claus Bring your chimney down I'm Santa Claus, baby Bring your chimney down I'm a bottle of seltzer gets naked. I'll read Bukowski in the gutter with a hooker on each arm and a wine bottle up my ass. I'll make you smoke the majesty of my impending mullet. I'll suck the formaldehyde out of the jaw holding Kurt Cobain's brain while using Hemingway's shotgun barrel as a before I, before I, before I let you touch my soul. Hey, this is Whammo from the Asylum Street Spankers, and you're very welcome to come to our show and buy me a beer anytime you want. But right now, you're listening to 91.1 WTJU Charlottesville. Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. 